Hello and welcome to the Road to the Garden podcast. I'm Matt St. Jean here with Tommy Godin. As always, it is the fifth day of Big Eastmas, and that means we got the St. John's Red Storm under the tree this morning for you guys. We're going to be unwrapping this team and the moves that they made in the offseason as we look ahead. Tommy, this is a team that made probably the most contentious move in the transfer portal to any Big East team. And uh, this is probably going to be one of the spicier teams in the Big East. Matt, I cannot wait for the St. John's DePaul game, any one of the games. The two in the regular season, I hope they meet at Madison Square Garden. The atmosphere in there would be bedlam. But yeah, I mean, St. John's is a program not unfamiliar with transfers, so that's going to be a big part of the outlook of this team all year. And the headline here is David Jones jumping over from DePaul to St. John's in the offseason. And there's a, a lot of turnover for this team. We'll start with the big names coming in. It's David Jones from DePaul and Andre Curbelo from Illinois. Two guys from the Midwest coming to Queens. They also got three freshmen coming in, Muhammad Kita, Colby King, and AJ Store, who should all play a factor in what the team looks like this year. The flip side is that they're losing four guys who were really good scorers for them. Julian Champagny, fantastic player, one of the better guys we've seen in the Big East in recent years, averaged nearly 20 points per game last year. Aaron Wheeler, who transferred in, he's a guy who averaged 10 points per game last season. They're losing Steph Smith, and they're losing Tariq Coburn. This is a team that's losing quite a bit of shooting. They're missing four of their top five three-point shooters from last year just by volume. But they got two big guys coming in. So what's your read on this team looking at this season? Yeah, I mean, this is a team that if you are a fan of any of the other 10 Big East teams and you see St. John's circled on that calendar, you are going to get very annoyed watching this game. St. John's is an outstanding defensive team. Um, it's going to be tough for them in the front court. I mean, they couldn't get it done. They were picked fourth in the preseason coaches poll last year. Um, Julian Champagny, one of the most prolific scorers that the Big East has seen in a long time. If they couldn't get it done with Julian Champagny. I don't know how they're going to get it done this year, but that's what we love about the Big East is all these question marks. Yep. And I think there's question marks too around the coach, Mike Anderson. He's been there for a couple of years now, and I don't know if they've quite gotten the results that they expected when they brought him in uh, from Arkansas. In his first three years in St. John's, he has a 50-41 and 41 record. So it's above 500, but uh, again, year over year, I don't think these are the results that St. John's was hoping that they would get. This team's also all over the place in preseason expectations. Ken Palm has St. John's as the fourth best team in the Big East. They didn't get any votes in the top 25. The Big East coaches put them at sixth. In the conference, we at Road to the Garden put them, I believe, seventh. Where did you have them? I had them at fifth. I had them at fifth. And before, in our previous episodes, we talked about the tiers. The one through four, the Georgetown and DePaul tier. 
and then the five through nine. And like Butler, St. John's is a team that wouldn't surprise me if they finished fifth or if they finished ninth. And uh, there's a couple teams in the conference like that. So that middle of the pack is going to be really interesting to watch this year. Yeah, uh, we had St. John's at seven, Butler at eight. And up until the, the last one of our writers, Cass's ballot, the two of them were tied there. That's how close those two teams were. And I, when you talk about the spread of teams, St. John's and Butler, the two teams that stand out as ones that could really finish at either end of that middle tier. I had St. John's in ninth. I think there's a lot of very real questions about what this team is going to look like this year, despite the amount of talent that they're going to be able to put on the floor. Them finishing in the top five would not surprise me at all. They have the talent to get it done. Will it be realized? We don't know yet. What What do you think is the biggest question that St. John's is going to have to answer this season? Yeah, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, I mean, this half-court offense is going to be, frankly, for lack of a better term, tough to watch. Um, Andre Curbelo and Posh Alexander are elite defenders. I mean, elite defenders. I, they're going to wreak havoc in the backcourt. I don't know where their scoring is going to come from. I don't know how all these transfers are going to look coming in again. I'd have to imagine Mike Anderson if he's not on the hot seat already, is close to being on the hot seat. There's a lot of question marks surrounding this team, but I think the biggest one is how the hell are they going to get the ball in the basket that not in transition? Yep. Yeah. And that's, I think my biggest, my biggest question here, you look at the starting lineup, um, the Almanac predicts the starting lineup is going to be Posh Alexander, Andre Curbelo, Montez Mathis, David Jones, and Joel Soriano. None of those guys shot the ball better than 30% from deep last year. They got a couple guys off the bench who can do it, I think. Dylan Adewusu, who, if he isn't starting, is going to be their sixth man. Is a guy who was a pretty good shooter last year. Rafael Pinzone, as a freshman, showed some stuff. He's going to be asked to take a bigger role this year. And I know AJ Store and Colby King, who are coming in as freshmen, should also be able to shoot the ball. But you put it all together, and that's you're expecting a lot of scoring from guys who might be depth options for you. And this is a team, you know, they like to play up tempo. They're going to go through the lineup. Everybody's going to get playing time here because they're going to need to use all of that depth to keep guys fresh. They're going to, I mean, with the issues that they're going to have in the half court, I think this defense is going to have to be really, really, really good. And for as good as they were last year, they were basically only good in transition. If this defense could not force a turnover in the half court, it was rough. Yeah. And then there's Andre Curbelo. I want to talk about him a little bit. He's a 6'1", 175-pound defensive maestro. Like the rest of the team, he, he can't shoot threes. He turns the ball over a lot. But with that being said, in his freshman year at Illinois, he was the uh, Big Ten sixth man of the year. He played 19 minutes per game off the bench. He's still got three years of eligibility remaining. I like this system for Curbelo. I think he can come back to form. I mean, I have St. John's at five. I know it sounds like I've been ragging on them this whole episode, but I do see the upside in this St. John's team. I think if a couple of guys can put together a little bit of that magic that they had from 
previous years, if the new guys can contribute in the ways that they are expected to contribute, I, I don't see why the St. John's team can't compete with the top tier of teams in the Big East this year. No, and they absolutely have the ability to. Curbelo is an incredibly interesting figure. He was dealing with concussions and injuries and stuff last year. So I don't know. I don't know how much you can take away from the player he was last year. He was expected to really grow as a sophomore, and it didn't happen. So if he's able to take that leap this year, this is a St. John's team, like you said, that can be fantastic. But they're replacing a lot. Big shoes to fill from a team that was okay. This was not a great team last year. And on paper, I don't know if they even got better before you take fit and scheme into consideration here let's look ahead at the schedule we're trying to give for for each of these teams we're trying to give you a couple games that you can watch to figure out who these teams are going to be and highlight a couple games on the schedule that you really should make sure you watch for trying to get to know who that team is tommy i want to start with you what do you have as your first game up here for st john's any depaul game I want to get that out there first and foremost. That David Jones, DePaul Rive there is no blood loss. I talked about it in the, in the DePaul preview. If you haven't listened to that, go tap in on your favorite streaming platform. But, I mean, that game is going to be jumping. I think if I if I had to pick a a game, I, I would wish in my 12 days of Big East Miss wish that they meet up in the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. Those two fan bases, very loud on Twitter. I I love the St. John's fan base, but DePaul just takes it to another level. I love those. I love that matchup. I love that storyline. What's your first game? Uh, There's a couple different options you could go with here because they have some some interesting stuff in the non-conference. I'm going to zero in on the little multi-team event that they've got this year. So the Barkley Center. I got Temple in the first game. It's November 21st. So this is the, the Monday before Thanksgiving. We're getting either Syracuse or Richmond in that second game. I think this is very winnable for them. The fact that it's right in their backyard helps. Uh, this is something I'm going to talk about in, in our next section about what success looks like. But St. John's is supposed to be New York's team. So this is an opportunity to play some semi-home games and assert that New York is your city, whether it's Queens, Brooklyn, or or Midtown Manhattan. You're going to get fans there, and you're going to win games, and you're going to make it a tough place to play. This That little series there, I think, could tell us a lot before Thanksgiving about just how well this group is gelling. What what do you have up next? Yeah, I like that Syracuse matchup you picked there. They came back. They beat Indiana University of Pennsylvania. That they beat Syracuse University of Syracuse, but <laughs> but no. For my next matchup, I have um, a December twenty first matchup right before Christmas at the Fenneran Pavilion at Villanova. I'm a big storyline guy, like we talked about. I think the wound is still fresh. They had a seventeen point lead. You talked about it, a seventeen point lead in the Big East tournament on Villanova. Villanova was dead in the water. They had him. They came back. They won. This is their first matchup. I think the wound is still going to be fresh from that Big East tournament. They're going to want that one a little bit more. I think they have that circled on their calendar, at least the guys that are coming back do. But for my last game, not a storyline game, but a good matchup, 11-17 November at home versus Nebraska. 
it's at the Karnaseka Arena. It's their first real test. Uh, their last matchup was in 2017. St. John's took that matchup. Nebraska, although not a powerhouse program like other teams in their conference, they still play in the Big Ten. This is still a very good program. I think St. John's playing in the Big East, Nebraska playing in the Big Ten, matchup of two similar teams in two similar conferences. I think it's going to be a real good test to see where they're at on the national scale pretty early in the season. I like that one. That's that's going to be an interesting one. I'm picking a different one of these uh, conference agreement games. And that's a couple weeks later, December 4th. It's a, a Sunday. You got St. John's going to Ames, Iowa. They're playing at the Cyclones at Iowa State. I believe this is the last game in the Big East Big 12 battle this year. I like this for similar reasons. I think it's a really good test for them. I think going on the road is going to be big. And that Iowa State coach, that program they got out there, comes from the same tree as uh, Mr. Greg McDermott at Creighton. So you're going to see a familiar style there, and this should be a really good tune-up for what they're going to see in conference play. Because if you can't be competitive in that game or if you can't win that game, that could put them in a rough spot. Then I'm going to echo what you said with your second game. My last game here, it's going to be the, the same opponent, Villanova, but I'm going for the home one. It's the first of four conference games that St. John's is going to play at home, but at Madison Square Garden this year. This one's on January 20th. Like you said, Villanova, that opponent, the last time they played them, all that stuff. Great storylines here. I think this is also important to win a big game on a Friday night at Madison Square Garden against a big-time Big East opponent. This is going to be huge for St. John's, especially if they come into that game rolling. If this team is what on paper it can be, that this becomes a very, very high-stakes battle between two premier uh, Big East teams at the world's most famous arena. Yeah, I like that Iowa State matchup. Sweet 16 team last year, that's going to be a real fun one. Yeah, yeah. And there's this is a really interesting schedule for St. John's. So I'm looking forward to some of these. We're going to wrap up here now. One final question. It's the one we're asking for every one of these teams. Tommy, in the 2022-2023 Big East college basketball season, what does success look like for the St. John's Red Storm? What do I think success looks like? I think success looks like winning a couple of games in March. Now I'm not talking about the NCAA tournament, but towards the end of the season, be better than you were in the beginning of the season. I think if you can avoid playing on Wednesday at the big East tournament, that would be huge for the program. I think finishing top four is a little bit of a lofty expectation or goal, I should say, but I think that that is what a successful season would look like. I mean, this is going to be a really fun team to watch. I think that they're going to win a lot of games in the conference. Um, I don't think this is quite a tournament team yet, um, but it is going to be a really fun team to watch from a neutral uh, viewer angle. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot as a goal for them. I feel like once we get to this point in the Big East, too, a lot of these teams have similar bars for success 
Yeah. I'm going to add on to what you said and say success is being able to operate in the half court. This team is not going to be good if they're only a transition team this year. So I think I'm going process based. You're looking at the results. I'll, I'll start with the process here. I think you have to establish early on that this team can actually play regular basketball without having to go for 80 possessions in a game and run up and down the floor. They're able to win that way. In addition to the style of basketball that they're most comfortable with, then this becomes a very, very good team that can make a run in March. If they can't do that, they're probably looking for a head coach after the season. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. This is going to be a fun team. This is going to be a really it fun really team. It really is. I, I'm, Those, I'm looking, whether, looking or not, whether or not St. John's is good, this team should always be in exciting games. That's for sure. You got it. Nailed right yeah. on the head. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Looking at St. John's for next year. Uh, make sure you go check out the companion article to this on our website. You're not going to want to miss that one. You know, we got we're, we're doing both sides here. You like to read, we got that. You like to listen, we got that. If you like both, you should definitely do both. But we're going to be moving on. Our next day is going to have Seton Hall. We're going to be previewing them tomorrow. So make sure that you are subscribed wherever it is that you're listening to this. That shows up in your feed. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Road to the Garden. That's at Road and then the number two, the Garden. You want to stay up to date because we're bringing you biggest content all season long. That's Tommy Godin. I'm Matt Sangin. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.